The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about the importance of the optimal MarTech stack. Joining us is Nicholas Dorn, who is the CEO of FileStage, which is a content review and approval platform for marketing teams. And in addition to being our guest today, FileStage is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. So we're grateful for their support. So far this week, Nicholas and I have discussed how to grow a SaaS startup, and yesterday we talked about the optimal MarTech stack. Today, we're going to wrap up our conversation talking about productivity increasing technology. All right, here's the last part of my conversation with Nicholas Dorn, the CEO of FileStage. Nicholas, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hi. (laughs) Always good to have you back here. Excited to continue the conversation. Yesterday, we talked about the optimal MarTech stack. This mythical creature, like the Loch Ness Monster, that maybe pokes his head out for a minute and then dips back down and we keep searching for what we think we saw. Is there a way to use technology to solve all of our problems and make all of our data flow and never change? Seems like that might be a myth. And so we're constantly tweaking and iterating and trying to find a way to be more productive. So today I want to talk to you a little bit about productivity and how we can use technology to increase our output Talk to me about how you think about productivity and where does technology fit in the productivity landscape? So since we are a remote team since 2018, productivity is quite a big thing for us. But over time, I've also recognized that productivity is more than just having all the best tools in place and a good tech stack. Productivity is a lot about finding the right meeting structure and making sure people on the one side communicate enough to be aligned, but at the same time have enough time for deep focus work. And I think it's a constant struggle to find that. And at the same time, especially in a remote team where you work a lot in different time zones, where where asynchronous work is a big factor, I'd say it's important to know when to communicate and then what to communicate and maybe even over communicate what you are doing in order to make people feel like, hey, something is going on, I'm aligned. So I'm giving you an example. If you work together as a team on a sprint, let's say you want to produce nice content, three articles a week and maybe videos, and everybody has a brief at the beginning of the week and everybody commits to do something. And then by the end of the week, you don't hear a thing from anybody. 
So people are just producing their stuff and by the end of the week, okay, they might be done with it or they might have failed on a deadline. But if you don't hear anything from them in between, you feel like, okay, is, is everything going right? Yes, no, I don't know. So I think it's important that people before that give updates and really inform each other and then ping each other and say, hey, I've produced the first part here. I just want to let you know, give me feedback. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I think you don't want people just spending their time on Slack or Teams and just telling what they are doing and not actually doing anything. And I think this is the biggest challenge. It's a balancing act. Before we get into the technology part of this conversation, let's focus on productivity and, and the factors that go into building a productive team. Sure, alerts, letting somebody know that they're responsible for a task are very important, but you can't be productive if you're constantly being inundated with notifications and distractions. So what do you think are the big components into building a productive culture and an environment where people can work the way that they want to work, but also stay focused and on task? Yeah, so for me, it's a mixture between culture, processes, but then also tools. And culture normally starts already with the hiring process. So you want to make sure you are aligned culture-wise in terms of how you like to work together, what's normal when you work together, how you communicate, how often you basically exchange feedback, how much of an ownership you take. And this all makes the culture. Then process-wise, we recognize that it's very helpful to have communication processes in place. So this means like, okay, we have a weekly meeting for this topic. If you want to share something about this topic, then please add it to, we work with Asana, to our Asana board, and we collect it. And then Monday we have a meeting. And then in the meeting, we take time to really discuss the stuff, but we don't start to discuss ideas for this topic during the week on the fly on Slack, because this will drive everybody nuts. So it's more like, okay, collect everything and then take deep time, deep focus time, discuss it, decide on it, and then continue. And this is the way we've organized the entire company in terms of their meetings. We discuss topics there, and then we have deep focus time to work on things and we don't shoot messages on the fly and then make corrections on the fly and things like that. That's death by a thousand cuts is what it sounds like you're describing is, hey, we've got a team and we all want to communicate. We all want everybody to know what we're working on so they understand the status. And sometimes that means my phone won't stop buzzing and I need to put it in the other room to actually focus on getting something done. I am a victim of this. I'll sit there and I'll be typing an email or going through our CRM or doing our content planning and then I'll get a slack and all of a sudden I'll bounce around and then I'll be in Monday and then all of a sudden I'm looking at LinkedIn and oh man, where did that last hour go? Oh my gosh, I was working on this project and I never actually did it today. Previously, I've worked at a productivity email app startup and I think it's worth talking about what I've learned about productivity and how I think about it, but there was basically five stages of how to manage email which is some people will sit there with their inbox open all day. And every time an, in an email comes in, it becomes the top priority. And that basically makes you responsive to all of the inbound requests for your attention. And so you never work on your projects. And the thing that I learned working in marketing for the app was called Handle is at the beginning of your day or week, or whenever you decide to start this process, you go through and you triage all of the requests for your attention 
then you go through a prioritization, then you go through scheduling, you go through the operations, and then you evaluate, did you get done what you need to so you can optimize or reprioritize your process? When you think about using technology, and obviously this is core to what file stage is about, right? It's managing the amount of communication going through the creative approval process. You know, how do you think about productivity and the workflow people should follow to not get bogged down with a million emails to make sure that a piece of ad creative needs to be approved? I totally share what you've learned there. And I'm a big fan of having a process and planning your day. So when you start in the morning, typically try to check your emails. Yes. And prioritize, try to write down what you like to accomplish today, but also this week and prioritize it and then really plan time for it and then, then start working on that stuff. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges with all the teams and people tend to have this habit and then drop it when it's stressful. And even and I think if it's like stressful, it's even more important to stick to this habit and make a clear structure what you like to accomplish today for sure and what else is like a bonus. And with FileStage, I think it's the same thing. So with FileStage allows you basically to map out your content process. So instead of writing an email and sending out a brochure to all the stakeholders at the same time, and then you get like 50 emails back with, with feedback in different places, we say, no, map out your process first. So say first review, it's just like from the designer. All right. And then this designer gets a message via FileStage. The designer can add feedback do everything at a time, approve it. And once it's approved from a design perspective, it goes into the next review step, which is, for example, like the head of marketing. And then the head of marketing can be sure that design-wise it's already approved and good and is not like involved before and will waste time basically with unnecessary change requests that are not necessary. And once marketing approves it, maybe it goes out to the legal team, but only then and only if marketing has approved it and not before because it's the same thing. If you send them a message right away, they will see all the design requests and with the, it doesn't matter for me. I don't want to spend my time on it. And this is why I think it's so important to be clear about what kind of steps do I want to take? What is something I want to produce today? Who is involved? Who needs to give feedback when? And then create a workflow. And then with every new content piece, you have just funneled through the workflow and Stitch will basically help you to push it through the workflow. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. You know, we rebranded my company this year. It's called I Hear Everything. And the reason why we rebranded the genesis of the company was my consulting practice, which was called Ben J. Shap LLC. Very me, me, me centric. And the reason why we decided to rebrand was because we had built up so much process in terms of how to create a daily podcast that we started offering our services as a content as a service. So almost like a SaaS solution, but we're producing podcast content and newsletters, socials and stuff like that. And so we felt like we needed a different name to better show that process. You know, building out your processes and documenting steps along the way is not just something that you do from a approval process. It's not just important for understanding who's responsible for what. It can actually be core IP. Our business is an example of that. So talk to me about how you're using technology, not only to document those processes, but also to make them more efficient. Two tools I really love is on the one side is Sasana is one of the core tools we use for everything, for, for planning tasks, for managing deadlines, everything in this direction. Then the other tool I think many people know is Loom or, or competitors of Loom, where you can just create videos on the fly. I'll throw a shout out for Monday.com, who I'm in love with. We <laughs> use Monday for everything. It's wonderful. Go on. Monday, Asana, and all those management tools are, let's say, fulfilling more or less the same job, but different styles. What I really like about Loom and all kind of Loom style videos is you just record yourself real quick, okay? You screenshot yourself, you, you talk about what you're going to do and explain and give more context that you can ever give compared to if you just write down a text and share a text with somebody else. It's a lot more interpretation. And I think a Loom video is really like you explaining what you want, you explain the context, and then you share the video and somebody else can watch two days later and you still get like the full context. And this is a tool that helped us a lot in an asynchronous environment to, to share more context and be aligned. And the thing is, it becomes even stronger if you mix Loom kind of videos with a process. For example, if you combine this with Monday or with Asana and project management, and then you just drop your Loom in there and say, instead of giving you all the text and context in a text-written format, I just send you my Loom. But you can also then combine that, for example, to Fistage. So you can create a Loom, you upload your Loom video to Fistage, you share the video just with a link and everybody else that has the link can just access the Loom video, watch it, and then mark change requests or feedback within the video. So I can just say here at this point, I have a question and you add a comment. And here at this point, I have another question. Can you explain me that? And that's a really, really nice style to work asynchronous on any kind of documents, on presentations, anything in this direction. My takeaway after this conversation is there's multiple stages to using technology to increase your productivity. And the first is hiring the right people, putting a workforce together that works in the same fashion, or at least understands how the rest of the organization works. Then you build out your processes, you have your workflows, and then the last piece is where the technology comes in. Once you have an understanding of who should be working, what your workflow should be, you can use your technology 
to start to hand off the work, get your feedback. That's one of the places where file stage comes in. You obviously have your business automation, your marketing automation tools as well, all tools that can help you increase your technology if you've got a good foundation of people and process. Nicholas is a place where you and your organization come in and help everyone. Not only are you a help to marketers using FileStage, you're a great help to us. Thank you again for being a sponsor of the MarTech podcast and for coming on the show and being my guest. Thanks so much for having me. It was really lots of fun. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll have to do it again. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Nicholas Dorn, the CEO of FileStage, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Nicholas, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Nicholas underscore Dorn. That's N-I-K-L-A-S underscore D-O-R-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is filestage.io. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.